Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and I am a registered dietitian at Body Metrics Health and Wellness Services in Limerick, Pennsylvania. In my practice, I love to meet with families. It is probably one of my favorite things to do because I love working with moms and dads and kids and creating a meal plan that everybody enjoys. And guys, if you have kids, you know how challenging it is to make a meal that everybody likes and have it be healthy and have it be in your time restraints. Guys, there's so much that goes into meal planning. And often, um, I'm going to stereotype here, often the moms are the ones that get stuck with this task and it can be exhausting. Trying to come up with different ideas every week is hard. And then when you don't have the, I don't know, the support from home telling you, hey, mom, this is great. Or, hey, can I help you out with cooking? I see that you got home from work late tonight. When you don't have that kind of support, the task gets more and more daunting. And eventually people get resentful and then stop cooking. So today, I'm really excited about our topic because our topic is how do we get family members engaged in cooking? That's right. You heard me. Today is all about how do we get other family members involved in the cooking process so we don't get resentful and burned out. And specifically, we're going to talk about getting kids more engaged in the kitchen. So at the end of the episode, I'm actually bringing my son, Parker. He is 14, um, and I'm going to invite him into the conversation because I thought, what better than to get the kid's perspective um, and not just talk from an adult point of view or as a dietitian point of view. I really want to learn how can we support them so they can enjoy the process and really all of us chip in so that mealtime can be a positive experience. I cannot tell you enough how many clients come into my office exhausted from the day, whether they're working at home, working at a job, and then they have the added stress of cooking dinner at night. Again, When you are mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted by the end of the day, trying to figure out what to eat can feel completely overwhelming. I also can't tell you how many clients come into my office that have absolutely no clue how to cook. They've never been taught. 
maybe they've had a home economics class, or I guess they call it family consumer science now. Um, they've had one or two classes at school, and that's it. They've never were in the kitchen at home, or nobody ever taught them. And so when it comes to teaching people how to eat healthy, Yes, I can teach them concepts of what foods to select for their body, but if they don't know how to cook, they're kind of screwed. If they don't know the difference between baking and roasting and broiling, and I try to give them these healthier cooking techniques, all of it is going to fall on deaf ears if they don't know how to cook. And so my philosophy is that cooking absolutely is a life skill. It is something that we need to pass on to our children um, or our youth because eventually they're going to get older and they're going to have to cook for themselves. And if they want to be healthy, they've got to learn some of the basics. When you go out to eat, you are letting somebody else decide what ingredients go into your, your dish. And there are some cooks out there with a really heavy hand. Um, or they really enjoy the salt shaker, or they like butter a little bit more than they should. So when we go out to eat all the time, we are allowing somebody else to make the decision of health for us. And sometimes not in our best interest, depending on what our health goals are. I recently had a client come into the office. Um, It was actually a mom and her son And they were supposed to go on vacation. And she was scared to death because her son was so picky that she's like, I'm afraid to go on this, you know, vacation of a lifetime. We're saved up forever to go away. And I'm afraid my son isn't going to have anything to eat because he's so picky. And can you please help me, you know, help him? And again, I'm like, is he in the kitchen? Is he preparing his own food? Is he being helpful? Because that is one way to get kids to eat more variety is to actually get them in the kitchen and help cook. And so guys, these are real life situations. These are real life challenges. And I like, as you can tell, am a huge advocate for cooking. I love it. I love what it teaches because it's beyond just taking care of our bodies right? You know, not only is it preparing food that we can eat that give us energy and life and vitality, um, but there's so many more life lessons along the way when we, when we teach our, our kids to cook. Uh, math, for instance. Now, you guys know I have a large family, so we are always doubling, if not tripling, the recipes to make sure there's enough for everybody. Guess what is the best way to teach your kids multiplication of fractions? double batching, triple batching recipes. It's a great way to teach them that. Um, Another great life lesson from teaching your kids to cook is making mistakes. Oh my goodness. I cannot even tell you how many mistakes I have made cooking, but each time has been a learning process. Each time we've learned what works, what doesn't, our preferences. Um, This past Easter, we tried to do a whole vegan Easter, and it was a disaster. Like, I don't know if anything on the table was edible by the, whole, by the time the whole day was done because it was horrible. But guess what? That's how you learn. That's how we realized we do not like nutritional yeast as a family. Nobody in my family likes it, but we tried it. We tried it. 
And so this also teaches kids that mistakes are part of the process and that we shouldn't fear mistakes because we can learn from them. So there's a lot of great reasons why we want to teach our kids beyond just um, fueling our bodies well and taking care of ourselves the right way. And so I thought in today's episode, I'm going to give you five tips to get your kids more engaged. And then, like I said, at the end, I'm going to invite Parker to come on with me and we're going to get uh, some of his perspective about being in the kitchen so that we can help our, our kids do a better job and to enjoy the process. So that way, when they become older, they can take care of their health as well. So tip number one, take those kids to the grocery store with you. But honestly, we don't even have to just say kids here. If we want to get other people engaged in the cooking process, take your spouse, take your boyfriend, take your mother, take whoever you need to. Take them to the grocery store. Let them pick out some things that they'd like to try or that seem interesting to them. I remember when my kids were little, I used to go to the produce section and I would tell them, all right, guys, you can pick out a new piece of produce that we've never tried before. And so we tried things like star fruit and papaya, um, mango, and guess what? I had to YouTube how to cut all of those things because I never, um, I never cooked them before or chopped them before. Remember, I lived in Lancaster County. We did not eat a lot of papaya. We had a lot of Pennsylvania Dutch cooking, but no papaya. Um, now, now that my kids are older, so let's see here. At the time I'm taping this, my oldest is 15 and the twins are nine. So that is the age span that I have right now. Um, Now when we're at the grocery store, it's nice because we can split up and I can give each kid a task or a certain aisle to go to. But that helps them learn how the grocery store is laid out and lets them see different options. I've taught them how to read a food label. So if they're in the cereal aisle, they know what to look for, what cereal is healthy. But all that happens if you take them to the grocery store. And now I will tell you, I get it. It's easier not to take them. I know firsthand taking kids to the grocery store is hard. Because they want everything and you feel like such a bad person saying no 500 million times, or at least I do. Um, But again, it's a life skill. We've got to teach them and they're only going to learn if they go with us and they're only going to be excited about cooking if they get to pick out some of the ingredients. So that's tip number one, take them to grocery shopping with you. Tip number two, look through cookbooks and recipes together. This is such a great activity. Number one, it gets you off a screen if you're looking at the actual cookbook or a magazine. But it really allows you to have great conversations with your kids. I know um, Parker in particular, he found a recipe he liked. And um, it had some ingredients that I never heard of before. And you only needed them in such small quantities. So it allowed us to have this conversation of, you know, when you make a recipe, can you make it your own? Do you have to follow it? What substitutions can you use? And then it was a teaching moment where we actually looked up the ingredients and found substitutions that were appropriate and um, actually sold at our grocery store. Uh, So that was fun. Um, I know for now, this is getting a little bit off topic, but my husband, Jim, is anti-toys. (laughs) <laughs> how can you be a parent and be anti-toys? But Jim always says for Christmas, 
nothing plastic, nothing that's going to break in two months, um, only practical things. And then he like backs off and says, good luck, figure it out. So over the years, I've had to get really creative on what to get my kids for Christmas presents because he says no toys and really kids don't want anything else but toys. So one year I got the kids cookbooks and I can tell you they weren't overly excited when they opened up that gift, but they ended up being a great gift in the long run because my kids have cooked from them so many times. And so getting age appropriate cookbooks is always helpful. I know we have America's Test Kitchen, uh, the Young Chef Cookbook, I believe it's called. Um, I've also got the girls, the Disney princess cookbook, which is fun because every recipe coincides with one of the storylines of the Disney princess movies. So there's some great things that you can do and to make this very age appropriate, but also get them thinking about recipes and how the process looks from beginning to end, from grocery shopping to following the recipe to eating the food. All right, tip number three, assign age-appropriate tasks. So if you want your kids to get involved in cooking, then you need to invite them into the kitchen. Now, when my kids were really little, you know, we started out basic. Like, you can push the button on the blender, or you can pour the half a cup of flour into the bowl. I wouldn't let them measure ingredients out, but I would let them dump the ingredients into the bowl. That's how you start. They are eager to help. They want to help. And so giving them those little tasks that seem meaningless because they take literally a half a second to do, but those are so important into getting them engaged. Next, after we grew up a little bit and I was able to let them move from dumping ingredients into starting to take some initiative on their own. Next, we move to baking. And baking is a great second, um, a great second step because baking can be done on their time frame, not yours. When you're cooking and you're stirring and buttons, or I should say not buttons, beeping is going on. Um, there's just so much going on in terms of timing and everything else, it can get really overwhelming and really, oh, I don't know what's the word, um, just just overwhelming, right? And a little, it can get, I know I can get anxious when I got all the burners going on. But baking, you can kind of do a step and then you can walk away. Baking will wait for you. So if you're trying to get your kids involved and you want them to be a little bit more independent, get them to begin with baking and get their confidence up that way before you start moving into cooking meals. Now, I want to say the third step after baking was I next moved the kids to preparing the side dishes. So if we were doing potatoes or if we were doing rice or the vegetable, I got them on that first before I let them do the main dish or the meat Um, But eventually, once they proved they could do the side dishes, then I moved them over to the main dish. And that worked really nice. Um, We're at the point now where my kids can make the whole meal themselves. 
uh, we have a tradition every Valentine's Day, the boys cook dinner for the girls. And honestly, it is my favorite tradition that our family does. And every year, the boys try to outdo themselves from the year prior. So we're at the point now where these recipes are so complicated and so involved and so tasty. I mean, I remember thinking, guys, if you cook spaghetti, I will be thrilled. I just don't want to cook or clean up. But these boys have taken the challenge and have gone above and beyond my wildest dreams. And I mean, how amazing is that? Because eventually, you know, these boys may want to get married and what a gift to their wife um, and to their families when they can participate and help out. Um, tip number four, make sure you're tasting food together and talking about it. I'm really excited that Parker's doing this podcast with me because he's actually fabulous at this. We'll start a new recipe, or I should say we'll try a new recipe, and he is always the first one to start highlighting some of the different flavors or, oh, I can really taste the cilantro in this, or you know what? This would be really good if we added more lime juice. And what a great way for kids to start to not only you know, be part of the process, but now be able to take it a step further. That's like what critical thinking skills. That's amazing. So, um, but have those conversations with them, actually talk about it. What do you like? What do you not like? I always, I've always made it a rule that my kids can't say, I don't like this. Well, what do you mean you don't like? What don't you like? Is it the texture? Is it the flavor? Is it the consistency? Because you want kids to use their words, elaborate, give you some help so that you're not just trying to cook these recipes that they're not enjoying. Get them to start to take ownership for it so that they can enjoy the process. Um, Two more tips here. Number five, start a garden. If you have the space, get the kids involved right from the get-go. So we have a pretty large garden at our house, but it didn't start that way. We started with like one or two raised beds And every year we made the garden just a little bit wider and a little bit longer. And now we're at the point where we have a pretty decent sized garden. Um, But our kids, they have to help. And they can do everything from tilling to um, planting to weeding to harvesting. Like they can help with every single step of the process. And it has really helped their involvement too in the kitchen because hey we just picked all these peppers or we just picked this rhubarb let's find a recipe to see how we can cook it and uh, find something that we can all enjoy so if you have the space a garden is a fabulous way to not only get in the kitchen more but also obviously eat a lot healthier and if you don't have the space try container gardens I'll be doing an episode about gardening at a later time, but just to put a seed in there or to plant a seed, (laughs) figured, literally plant a seed. That's funny. Um, But literally, literally, we want to just start a garden to be helpful um, and get their uh, excitement and involvement in the kitchen. And then finally, the last tip is we want to plan menus together. All right. Again, this allows you to teach variety, nutrition, budget, planning versus winging it, right? When you have a plan, it's more likely to be healthier than if you just try to wing it every night. 
Um, but really get the kids involved with it. You can look at, okay, this is a great idea for dinner, but everybody has soccer practice tonight. So maybe we should trade this night for another night when we actually have time to prepare this meal. So you're teaching them to think about all the components involved with meal planning again, so they can take this life skill with them into the future and be successful. Um, when you're planning meals together, be creative. I know so many people struggle with trying to come up with ideas for dinner. So one of my suggestions and tips that I always give is try different, I don't know whether, try different theme nights. So maybe is Monday is Meatless Mondays where you use a crock pot. And Tuesday, who doesn't love Taco Tuesday? And so Tuesday can either be tacos or burritos or fajitas or taco salad. Wednesday can be crock pot night. Thursday can be seafood. Friday can be ethnic night where you do Italian or Asian. Um, Saturday can be a grill. Sunday can be leftovers. And just using those templates can be really helpful, but it can also give kids the opportunity to get creative and to come up with ideas um, as well and to help out with the whole process. All right, so those are our tips for how to be successful with getting your kids involved in the kitchen. Now I want to bring Parker on uh, so we can talk to him a little bit. Parker, thank you so much for being here today. Yep. <laughs> Parker, you have. I'm going to tell you what I told Jake when he was on my podcast. You cannot act like a 14-year-old boy, all right? So I'm going to need a little bit more words from you than yup. Got it? Yep. Okay. All right. So Parker, can you tell our listeners, uh, when did you first get involved with cooking? When I was about five or so, mom, my mom allowed me to pour flour into the bowl. Um, and eventually that became more complex to me, measuring out the food and eventually to me making whole dishes and eating it. Awesome. So yeah, kind of like what we were talking about before with the tips. So you started out with dumping ingredients, then you graduated to measuring ingredients, and then finally to actually chopping, preparing, cooking yourself. Awesome. All right. What do you think are the benefits to learning how to cook? Um, so you can try new things and discover new things that you like. And also you can, at any point of time, I know that I could cook myself good food. And that's really important. And I think that's a really good point that you make because so many times... Um, there's different parts in your life and we can't just rely or assume that other people are going to carry us. We got to take ownership for things. So, you know, just two examples I can think of are when you go to college, right? You know, you can hope that your roommate knows how to cook, but there's a good chance he or may not know how to cook either. So at that point, you're going to take charge and know that you can feed yourself. Um, and even when you get married, uh, I don't want to stereotype here, but you know, there's a lot of females that don't know how to cook and the males in the family are the ones that take over. So, um, I personally, um, want all my kids to live close. I'm afraid that they're going to move away when they get older. So my thought is if I teach all of them how to cook, then their spouses, um, will agree to live near their mother-in-law because I've done such a good job of teaching them to cook. That's one of my own fantasies, but hopefully it'll come true someday. So, um, Parker, what do you, what do you think? Um, well, I guess should say this. What do you not like about cooking? So the first thing and my number one thing that I do not like about cooking is that you have to clean up. 
And another and a challenge of cooking is that it's going to take time. So if it's your first time making a, a recipe and it calls for like 30 minutes, it's usually going to take more than 30 minutes since it's your first time. That's a good observation. So what specifically do you not like about cleaning up? Just doing the dishes and putting the ingredients away. <laughs> okay. So if I can help you with cleaning up, then that would make you want to be in the kitchen more? Yeah. Okay. All right. Why do you think kids your age, or may, I should not, you know, just uh, keep it to kids your age, but why do you think kids in general might not want to learn how to cook? Um, one thing, well, that it kind of applies to me is that we are lazy um, and that kids don't like cleaning up. And kids my age probably rather do something that's more fun to them. Okay, like what? What's more fun than cooking, Parker? Playing basketball. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, but, you know, with COVID and everything, a lot of stuff has been canceled, so that gives us more time to be in the kitchen together, which makes me so happy. <laughs> all right, he's rolling his eyes at me. So, Parker... What are some of the things you personally do to make cooking more enjoyable? So I like to be proud of the dish that I make and make it look as good as possible. And what does that mean? Like, how do you do that? By comparing it to how the recipe looks on on the where you, wherever you found the recipe. So you you feel pride in your work when your finished product looks like the picture from the recipe? Am I hearing you right? Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Um, how do you think learning how to cook is going to impact you in the future? So it's probably going to save me money. And How so? Um, so, going, so not going to out to eat as much will probably save you more money. And also it's going to be healthier for your family healthier for my family so it's gonna help me financially and physically those are really really great reasons um what tips would you share with your peers if they were on the fence about learning how to cook so like me it's it's fun to see how your final product comes out and what it looks like and tastes like Okay, so again, for you, it's that finished product. And so if you had peers that were saying, uh, I don't know about this, Parker, I don't think cooking's for me, you would explain to them like, yeah, but you're creating something, you know, something from nothing, where you just have these bunch of random ingredients and now you're transforming them into something that not only is edible, that you, but something that you can be really proud of. Am I hearing you right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Parker, so one last question. How can parents set up their kids? How can they set their kids up for success? Um, so going back to what my mom said, um, she takes me grocery shopping. Uh, we go through cookbooks together, and we make meals together. I think these things um, set me up for success. That's great. Parker, you did such a good job. Um, so at the end of every single one of my podcasts, I ask my guests to share a recipe that they enjoy. Um what recipe would you like to share with the listeners today? Um, avocado bean salad. All right. And what's so special about this recipe? I just like all the flavors and hot. yeah, it's, it's good. 
<laughs> All right, Parker, why don't you run through uh, the list of ingredients and then tell us how to make it. So it's one cup, one can of garbanzo beans rinsed and drained, one can of black beans rinsed and drained, four avocados pitted and chopped, one cup of grape tomatoes halved, one cup of fresh cilantro chopped, half s- one a half small red onion diced, a half cup of reduced fat feta cheese, a quarter cup of lime juice, and salt and pepper to taste. And so basically all you do is mix them in a bowl, season it with salt and pepper, and then you're ready to go. Awesome. So quick, easy, and tasty. Those are our favorite kind of recipes. Parker, thank you so much for being here today. Yep. Oh my gosh, are you serious? We're going back to yups. Um, seriously. Now I appreciate getting your perspective. I appreciate your time. Um, but guys, if you have any questions at all, again, these are great topics to talk to a registered dietitian about. And I would be thrilled to talk to you and your family about setting you guys up for success so that the whole family can enjoy the process. Guys, thanks so much for listening this week and I will see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.